welcome back to another episode of Kate and Isaiah Living Large. I'm Isaiah. And I'm Kate. And today we're going to talk about how sometimes weight gain is symptomatic of other issues. Uh, in this case particular, we have special guest Alicia, who is Isaiah's cousin, uh, on the episode. We're super pumped to have her here today. Hi, Alicia. Hi. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Alicia has quite a story to share. And uh, she's... She, well, I'll let her take it away. Why don't you talk about a little bit about your story? Like you are visiting here from Alberta right now. What brings you to this point? <laughs> two, two New Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two New Brunswick. What, New Brunswick. So you're visiting New Brunswick. So you're born and raised in New Brunswick. Yeah. And you moved to the great land of milk and honey, Alberta. I think that's what it's called. Is that what it's called? No. <laughs> they don't call it that. They call it oil country. Oh. Yeah. Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, out west when you were 19. And that was 18 years ago because I love outing people's ages. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's, age has never been a thing that's bothered me, actually. No. Well, that's good. It's a, a silly thing to have bother you. It's going to happen regardless whether it does or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, I guess it would tie in nicely with what we're talking about today anyway. Um, so I moved out there when I was 19 <laughs> with $20 in a suitcase. Okay. <laughs> I know it sounds like a country song, but this is the truth. I had $20 on a suitcase and I moved out there. Um, I was like deep in the middle of, I was a party girl, um, but didn't really realize that I had an addiction or that I was dealing with anything like that. Uh, but I was pretty deep into my addiction, like at that point, um, kind of doing every single day. And um Actually, my family wasn't very happy with me. I think they had enough of my shit. And that, like, my family was kind of my, my safety net for a really long time. Like, my family meant everything to me. Having them that, like, disappointed in me and that. Um, I just left. I left. And I was like, I need to, you know, change my life. And it changed. <laughs> but not the way that I expected it to. Um, but, yeah. So, it's coming home summer for a visit not addicted 115 days sober uh that's pretty congratulations on that so you so 115 days about four months or give or take sober uh and you know the 18 years after you moved to alberta um what happened between then and now in you know in as much detail as you want to share it is much details you can fit in in 25 minutes. <laughs> um, who's watching this? Like, I do not care to share any of my story, Isaiah, but do you want me to hold it back you're, a little you bit? You are good to speak your mind. Yeah. So, okay. So, like I said, I went out there with, like, hopes of changing my life drastically. Um, ended up getting into sex work. Um, oddly stopped doing coke. <laughs> that was the thing that made me stop um but then eventually i mean it just kind of comes with the life you know kind of got back into it drinking all of the time i wasn't happy like there was more cons to it than pros for me um but yeah i was in it for about five years and then ended up getting myself out ended up actually working for an organization helping other women that wanted to get out of the sex trade um sex industry however but as yeah and 
actually ended up working with Paul Brandt, who was like my first childhood crush. Wow, that is so embarrassing to it. <laughs> he had a great voice. Oh my God, my heart has history. Yeah. Oh, Paul. Oh, so good. <laughs> my little 11-year-old heart. I know. A deep voice. <laughs> Kill me. Um, but yeah, I got to go work for his organization. Like, I went all over Canada. I, I share my story pretty openly. Um, but the thing was, is there was still so much that I was dealing with and, like, wasn't really ready for. And so I was still drinking really heavy. Like, but not still not recognizing that it was a problem. So you were in the situation where you're like, wow, I've made so much progress in my life. I'm I've done all this work on myself. I'm not a party girl. I'm not working in the sex trade. Not that there's anything wrong with working in the sex trade if you're doing it for the right reasons and feeling good about yourself. Like I have no sex work is work. Sex That's right. I have no moral <laughs> issue with that. Not that I it's my place to have a moral issue with that. Nobody <laughs> should. It's yeah. Sex work is work. But you were not in a good place when you began that based on what you just said. So you're doing this, but you're still drinking all the time. Everybody, or not everybody, but many people drink. And so tell us a little bit about like how normalized that was. Like tell you know, your day-to-day life, you were working, you're doing all this good work. Feeling how are you feeling? Well, I mean, it was kind of um, you know, coming because the work was hard. Like because we were doing like rescue a lot of the times I worked in the court system so I was like seeing the worst of the worst like stuff that you see on true crime shows was like that was my life and that was what I was like doing for like I said and so I'd come home and pour myself a glass of wine just to unwind most like a lot of people do that so you know okay this is normal this is normal that turned into a bottle a night that would sometimes turn into two bottles. But then you'd go to these big events where like everyone's like, oh, my God, you're such an amazing person. You're so brave for sharing your story. But like and you are. Yeah, yes. That's a true fact. It, but inside, like something still didn't feel right. And but you'd go to these events and like there's wine on the table, like there's drinks are free. Everybody there is rich and fancy and drinking. So like yeah, right. so I'm going to do the same thing. So it took me a really long time a really long time to like realize like oh a problem and what what prompted you at that first juncture because you said you got sober once before this most but what what was the prompt in that moment yeah so um march of 2021 um i got a phone call from my mom um which is the worst phone call i've ever received in my life uh saying hey, Alicia, Jonathan's gone. Um, Jonathan was my little brother and he died of uh, drug and alcohol poisoning. And he struggled for so long. Like it's in the family, like my father, would, like his father, like he struggles as well. And I dealt with it. I think like a lot of people, like when you hear that, the first thing you're just like, I need a drink kind of a thing, right? I was actually already drunk when I got the phone call. Um. But yeah, I drank for three months straight, and I do not remember those first three months. Grief can do that to you as well. Grief right. can do that. And, you know, for, for time reference, March 2021, uh, we're one year into the pandemic, which mm-hmm. nobody likes to talk about or remember anymore. Right. But that was a pretty serious time. There were lockdowns left, right, and center, maybe for in Alberta than there were here in New Brunswick. <laughs> Politics. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and for full disclosure, uh, Jonathan, we realized as we started recording this podcast the first time before I had to stop <laughs> it, which is the first time that's ever happened, 
realized that Alicia's brother, Jonathan, was also a friend of mine. And not this is about me at all, because it's not. <laughs> but it was a, a, a really inter- a really powerful realization over the course of this silly little podcast about weight loss um, that it was going to be much deeper than that today. So you don't remember the first three months, March, April, May 2021. Uh, you also, you have a son, right? I do. He's yeah. going to be six next gonna be six next one so you're a mom and you're obviously caregiving at this moment as well like attempting not, not an easy time and you're married and your husband's helping you along what, what what kind of reaction was he having my husband yeah <laughs> um i remember saying like we need to phone your mom like i don't think that i can do life right now you know, because I couldn't. I couldn't even take care of myself. I couldn't remember what day it was. And, you know, he, I mean, he knew my brother, too, right? And he, they had gotten super close towards the end of it. Um, <clears throat> and so it was hard for him. Like, let's I take care of the family. I hold the house down. Like, yeah. <laughs> you are in charge. I am in charge. <laughs> and, like, that was my show. And so for me to kind of completely fall off, like, it just changed everything. And so, but that was kind of it. Actually, it was my birthday, Isaiah. Remember, we had the drag queens and we did it all online. Yes. Again, yeah, the pandemic. That. Right. Yeah, yeah. That night, what didn't I? Pa- you would remember the night better than me. <laughs> and yeah, like I passed out by four. Yeah, it was like yeah. I mean, it was late here, so but yeah, it was early in Alberta. Like anybody, I mean, Isaiah knows me. Obviously, he's my cousin. He's grown up my whole life. Like our whole lives together i like again always been the party girl always a big drinker but like it was getting to a different point like i took i had an entire thing of um why can't i think of the name of it now oh my god four <laughs> months of no drinking and now i forget what they're called moonshine <laughs> oh patron i had like a whole two okay we call them courts here my god yeah. so i had like a whole court of patron by like four o'clock by myself and that's where it was kind of like okay like what's going on now, you know? And it was, it was two days later. So I was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Done. I have to change my relationship with alcohol. That was the first time. Yeah. And uh, that's an incredible realization to make. So quit drinking. Then all of a sudden the feelings come, I would imagine. No, nope. surprisingly, um, because I'm an overachiever, or, or if I'm going to do something, I'm going all the way in. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so I was going to be all the way sober. Everything was going to be about me being sober. But that was it. It wasn't about me, like, actually getting better. It wasn't about me dealing with, like, the grief, like, my, the death. It wasn't about any of that. So all I did was stop drinking. I didn't, like, get help. I didn't do any of that other stuff. So after the, like, quote, unquote, 111 days, which I did have, like, three drinks during, um, it just kind of all like came piling back right as it does and probably bigger and badder than ever before oh worse like yeah. it was three times like three times worse <laughs> than it was before and meanwhile just to for people who have no idea what struggle like what addiction struggle looks like you working this whole time so i had to quit where i was working i thought that i could go back but i was working at the overdose um prevention site so it was safe injection site so it was actually in alberta people came um and use their drugs um but i mean we had bringing people back to life all of the time 
and I didn't. It was just too hard. Like I didn't want to go and do the thing. No, that, that yeah, that, that right. Yeah. It'd definitely be like a trigger, right? That's huge in like yeah. the worst way, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're not working. You're doing this thing. What were you, what happened next? Uh, meanwhile, uh, to bring it back to the not the point podcast but the reason we have reason isaiah and i have this podcast you know you're also gaining weight yeah so the weight gain case so this is actually i didn't realize it until we're like kind of talking about it right now like fully realize it because i wasn't taking care of myself at all like i wasn't eating like during the first the first part of it i wasn't eating i like shower like basic life things were just like not on my priority list um and again not dealing with things come around to this time and you know got the help um i have a group that i go to like a woman's group that i go to i do readings i have like a sober app like i do all i talk about it so much it's probably super irritating to people but um but now that i'm dealing with it like now that i'm actually having to feel the grief like you know all of that is piling on it's like i kind of replaced one thing with the other so like now like oh if i'm sad or if i can't deal with something like now i'm just eating and the sugar <laughs> and the sugar <laughs> the sugar thing is rude but that's also um a symptom like it is a symptom um when you cut out alcohol like a lot of people start craving sugar and yeah so i realized like oh my god this is the heaviest i've ever been and i'm just replacing one addiction i mean arguably a shorter term better one but something you'll also at some point we'll catch up but um and that brings us to what what prompted you to get sober uh 114 days ago i i'm gonna i'm gonna do aa talk now even though like i'm not in aa but this these are things you'll hear uh, but good for people that do it that's um they always say when you realize your life has become unmanageable like i was sitting there on the couch passed out by like six o'clock because i had just drank like two massive bottles of wine maybe some gin maybe some tequila you know and i was just like super short with my son like just not really present with my husband just tired all the time not eating well not exercising um and i just woke up one morning and i was like i need help like, I have to get help or I'm going to end up like my brother. That's powerful. Yeah, for that, sure. That's a powerful realization to come with. And day to day, how are you coping? Um, This time it's been harder. Like, even though I have way more support now, which I like really say, like, if I didn't have my groups and all of that stuff, there's no way I'd be 115 days in. But it's harder this time. <laughs> yeah, feeling the feelings. Feeling the yeah. feelings. And this is your first time back to New Brunswick being sober. So I'm sure this is this must be a pretty we haven't even thought about it. Great point, Isaiah. Great <laughs> point. <laughs> um no, I really I have thought about it multiple times. Like I had to have a safety plan coming here. Like <laughs> I was calling everybody. I was like, listen here's what I need from you. Like had to talk to Michael like every single day about it, like working through things, like having a plan because this is the place where all the things have happened that are my triggers. It's not easy being here. Right. And like, I even actually had to text Isaiah last night and 
I was like, I am struggling right now. Like, this is the first time that I've wanted a drink. I'm like trying to talk myself out of it. And it was really fucking hard last night. I can imagine. But you did it. But I did it. But you did it. And we're so happy. <laughs> yes. So, and I know that you, part of your, your networking to come here was to acquire a bunch of non-alcoholic uh, beverages. Yes. And which we, we found out one had like, what, 22 grams of sugar in it? Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually a lot of really good mocktails, non-alcoholics, near beers, whatever, whatever. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't have a lot of sugar in it, but there's a lot. Of, it's like they kind of just replace <laughs> the alcohol with the sugar. The sugar. <laughs> and so that was the thing, too, because, yeah, the the first month, everybody, not everybody, but a, like a big group of people that I knew that stopped drinking were like, oh, I lost a bunch of weight. Like, like instantly, like when I quit drinking, I was like, oh, my God, maybe I can lose all of this, except <laughs> I was drinking a shitload of mocktails the whole time with like a year's worth of sugar intake in one can <laughs> while eating chewy candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so from a pure weight perspective, how do you feel about your body? How have you felt about your body over the years? How do you feel about your body right now? Like you have an interesting relationship with your body different than many other people. I mean, I really do because here's the funny thing is that like I hear so many like women in particular, you know, talk about their body in such a negative way and I get it, but I've I've just not always had the biggest issue with my body. Like my body has kind of been thing that has gotten me like through life like i've always thought i was this pretty girl and all that kind of stuff um and like i was saying before i did like yeah just like looking back and like okay i had a big bomb and i was curvy when i was younger but like i thought that i must have been bigger and so when j-lo came out i was like yay a big girl <laughs> and like that's so funny but um it's not funny. It's sad, actually, <laughs> to think that that's where society was at. But I still didn't really like. Like, it just wasn't such a struggle. And now it's harder for me because, like, I see myself in pictures and I'm like, oh, my, my God, you know, like it just happened so quickly. And I'm like, wow, like, I don't like is that Isaiah hate. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, that's yeah. A, that's such a common it's occurrence. A, yeah, we, we, like, we, we, there's a lot of what we've talked about, like you know, a lot of like even a lot of our guests on have all kind of had the same thing is that when you you don't pay attention to your weight until one day you you either see a picture of yourself when you were younger or you all of a sudden like really look in the mirror and go oh damn <laughs> yeah it's for me it's like a picture from the side or behind like a mm. photograph because when i look in the mirror i look at all the parts that i like to look at i <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>, can't <laughs> and i think oh i look pretty good today and then i see from the from like the side i'm like oh that doesn't i don't like it when it sticks out like that <laughs> please stop <laughs> And yeah, yeah, that's a con or when I walk by a mirror and you're like, oh, who's that? Oh, <laughs> I'm the problem. <laughs> but yeah, I, no, that, I think that's a pretty common occurrence for anybody who's struggled with their weight at all. Um, in terms of, I mean, I'm really, I, I mean, I met you today, but I'm so proud of you and everything that you've accomplished and, 
And I just, uh, you are obviously a truly incredible person. I am. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> humble, too. <laughs> and modesty is clearly your best quality. <laughs> clearly. I'm the best at modesty. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, I think, yeah, I think with uh, when it comes to weight in general, we, we all kind of struggle what how we look at ourselves um which i think is a great topic for our next episode it is but we're but not quite there yet when we talk quite. about a, a addiction and things like that there there's a certain uh, behavior that goes along with it and it's very much and i i've been in this with food and with alcohol to a certain extent but with food especially where i almost go into oblivion and everything's fun. I'm working on it. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I need to eat at Wendy's and then McDonald's and then Dairy Queen. And then I'm going to eat a bag of chips and a package of licorice when I get home. And all of a sudden, what have I done? <laughs> and it's obviously self-medicating for something. Some mental crisis of some kind. Well, and it's the same thing because the same chemicals go off with any type of addiction that there is. Food is a big one, too, because it's the quick reward. Like You're looking for something, like you said, there's some, you know, probably like a mental struggle with it. And you're looking for whatever that is to kind of be fixed or feel good or whatever right in the moment. And food will usually, food that's not the greatest for you will do that for right. you. And one of the things when you're battling any addiction, like whatever. And this is why you've done the important work. You're doing the important work as in dealing with whatever the underlying is. And some of it will unpack easily. Some of it like it it's as you know, I don't know why I'm talking let me mansplain addiction to you. <laughs> yeah, but it's like again, like in AA or any readings like that, it doesn't matter, AA, whatever it is that you um, you know to help you get through things they'll always say that like it doesn't matter if it's sex it doesn't matter if it's food it doesn't matter if it's alcohol it doesn't matter if it's like whatever it is for you it's all addiction and like it's just kind of I'm just going to say the word cool yeah. it's kind of cool though like you talk to other people it's like no your your addiction isn't alcohol but it's food but you still completely understand what it is that I'm going through it's like if I think that I absolutely need to have that drink and you think that you absolutely need to have, I don't know what your go-to is, but. Yeah, I, I changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the mentality as opposed to the actual self. It's the hiding and the doing it by myself in my car so nobody can. Not even if it's the same food, even if I go have a burger and fries at Big Tide, find an Isaiah's place um <laughs> and eat in public and it's my meal is it the healthiest choice that day but it's very different than the midnight drive to mcdonald's eating fries after i've already had three squares and i'm just filling a void with something because i'm bored sad tired happy what insert Even emotion here yeah <laughs> and and i I've seen that addiction play out. I, I lived with someone who was an alcoholic for about a year and it did not play out well. And I, when you mentioned the sugar, I remember every time he'd think, Hey, I'm going to stop drinking 
oh my God, I'd buy a lot of candy for him because he was like filling that <laughs> void because your body craves things. There is a certain, there's chemicals and your body right. is an interesting thing, which is going to be so interesting when we talk to the endocrinologist about right. like how we replenish things and how to kind of circumvent that from a health perspective. And I just don't know the answers because ultimately, that smart <laughs> but um i certainly don't know medicine or uh, body toxicology and things like that but just the same to your point alicia and isaiah that addiction mentality is true no matter what the addiction and without treating underlying issues it, yeah. it'll come it'll creep back one way or another and I think the, the other piece is, is having a community to help you. Uh, like you, you have, what's the group that you typically do? Uh, something. Uh, I don't, what's the group you typically are? I can't remember. That. So shout out to she, she sorry, walks Canada. She <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we, Oh um, yeah. She walks Canada. I just pop- popped up on Instagram one day. That day that I woke up in the morning and said, I need help. That popped up on Instagram. Wow. <laughs> They're not listening. I know, but thanks. Yeah, yeah, and I say that, and I say it like almost every time. The groups are, well, my group, the one that I liked going to is finished now, but we started our own sober lit, like sober literature group after. Oh, I love it. Yeah, but um, I say it like I swear if I didn't have that. And here's the funny thing is that I kept going, okay, fine. Why do I drink? Why drink because I'm sad? Okay, fine. Well, ask like ask myself again why why well, drink because i'm lonely like i feel really lonely and i don't have any like family or anybody out there kind of a thing right and it's like okay so then fine if i don't want to feel lonely i couldn't figure out for whatever reason what the opposite of loneliness was and then somebody said it like it's connection it's community and i was like eh. <laughs> oh and that's what made it so easy because you can talk to other people about it. You know what I mean? Like your partners or your family or your friends. And like they want to be supportive. Again, doesn't matter what your addiction is. But if they're not going through it themselves, they're never going to understand. And a lot of the stuff that they say, thinking that they're being helpful, is super <laughs> irritating. You know what I nope. mean? Like You can do it. You can do it. You're so brave. Don't reach for the bottle. You don't need that hamburger. Live, laugh, love. Like, get all the way the hell out of here. But, like, thanks for trying to be nice. But then you can just have, like, you and Isaiah can talk to each other and know exactly what it is that you're going through and, like, laugh about it if you want. You know? Some things are funny. And they're morbidly funny. Yeah. But some, some things, things are funny. funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And some things are just like, ah, but yeah, I know that's hard. And you know that that person actually knows how hard it is. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Community is definitely a huge part of any going, going through anything like that. Part of the reason why we started this podcast was just to have uh, a check in with for me and Kate and yeah. kind of be responsible to other people and stuff like that. And that's kind of a, a big thing is having that net of responsibility not just to yourself but other people as well and not wanting to let people feel for um on that note like isaiah tried to transition earlier and i and i commandeered and i I had another question um we are going to have alicia stick around for part two of this episode i've decided we're calling it part (laughs) two two. (laughs) and uh And we're going to talk about where Alicia touched on JLo earlier in our own 
relationship with each other's bodies oh, and <laughs> our own bodies uh, about uh, about uh, body, what image. Image. body image body image <laughs> I'm really good at words. Good, great at words. Yeah, so we're uh, part two. We'll touch on, on body image, but uh, that will be next week. Come out, but until then, uh, where can people find you on the internet, Kate? Uh, they can find me on TikTok at Fat Caitlin, and maybe I'll update that sometime soon. <laughs> and on Instagram at Kated or Kate D, and on Facebook, Caitlin D, and we're Kate and Isaiah Living Large on Facebook and on X. The yes. former, or formerly, formerly known, known as Twitter, Twitter at the Caitlin D. Awesome. Find you, Isaiah. I am at Maritime Brews on all of the social medias, including X and Threads, which is the Instagram Threads. one. And Alicia, I haven't sold that yet. <laughs> you haven't gone there yet. And Alicia, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> Only on Instagram, and it's Alicia with an A. Alicia with an A. But uh, we thank you for listening this week, and don't forget to stop in next week. And of course, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, like, comment, and subscribe so you can get updated when we post next week's episode. But until then, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.